Thank you, Joanna. Thank you, guys. It's kind of neat having this little, they just look so at home sitting there around the piano and just so relaxed. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. We are going to be in the Gospel of John today, the 21st chapter. Um, I am still kind of working through the post-resurrection appearances of Christ. Uh, for those of you who were uh, here on Wednesday night, we're gonna, you're, you, some of this is going to be a little familiar because we're going to have to pick up and review a little bit of what we did Wednesday night to set the scene for what we're going to do this morning. Um, we've been kind of going really since Easter through these post-resurrection appearances. We've, we've seen uh, Mary Magdalene, the, the first to come and see the Lord Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus. We, uh, we saw how she uh, came to understand him based on that personal relationship when he said Mary and she recognized his voice. We've, we've seen Thomas, the doubting Thomas who, who came to understand uh, that Jesus was the resurrected Christ only after he had, was able to, to touch him and to, to feel him. He, he was really a, a disbeliever up until that point until Jesus was very real to him. Uh, the first one really who believed was John, the author of this book of the Gospel of John, who when he rushed to the tomb along with Peter, uh, John looked in the tomb and it says he believed. And he just believed by the evidence of the empty tomb. But Peter at that time went home. And that's the last we hear from Peter until we get to this 21st chapter. In fact, uh, the Gospel of John, Peter kind of almost disappears from the story right after he had denied Christ three times at the trial of Jesus. You recall when Jesus was arrested and taken away that Peter followed at a distance and then denied him three times just as Jesus said he would. Uh, and there's that one moment on that third denial of Christ that Luke tells us that Jesus made eye contact with Peter. And it was at that moment that Peter went and wept. It's a very emotional moment there for him. But we're going to pick up the story now in verse 15 of the 21st chapter of the Gospel of John. Yeah, but before we get there, we've got to even back up for the first part of chapter 21, just to even set the rest of this scene. Peter and the disciples had been gathered together up in Galilee, and Peter said one day, now we don't know exactly when this happened, it's sometime between that end of the first week after the resurrection, and sometime within the 40 days of Jesus' earthly ministry, and and Peter and some of the disciples are gathered up there by Galilee. They may have been there for some time. And Peter says, hey, guys, I'm going fishing. And so six of the other disciples decide, and they go with him, and they're out fishing. They were fishing all night, hadn't caught a thing. They look up on the shore, and they, they see this, this figure up on the shoreline. And he says, hey, put your nets down on the other side of the boat and you'll catch something. They say, oh, we haven't caught anything all night, but okay. They put their nets down on the other side of the boat, and they catch 153 fish. 
John tells us exactly how many, 153 fish, big fish, and they, they bring those in. John looks up and he says, oh, it's the Lord. John, again, the first to recognize Jesus there. It is the Lord. Peter then grabs his outer garment and he puts it on and then jumps in to get up the shore. It's an interesting thought there, two things. One, again, Wednesday night, you've heard this, but this part is, I just think it's fascinating. Why in the world would he put on his outer coat to jump into the ocean? Okay? Well, the reason is that no self-respecting Jew would go up to their master, up to their rabbi, to be in the presence of their master without being properly dressed. And he had taken his coat off while he was fishing, his outer garment while he was fishing, but to go meet his Lord, he was going to get dressed. So Peter puts on his outer coat and he jumps in. And to me, I think it's fascinating. I think he thought he could still walk on water. The, the first time that he was out fishing and Jesus came to him, Jesus came and said, come on, Peter, walk over here to me. Peter gets out and, and walks on water to Jesus, right? So I think he kind of maybe thought he could, but in fact, he, this time it says he just jumped into the ocean. He gets to the shore. The other guys come in with the boat and all the fish. Peter counts all the fish. I think that was a reminder to Peter even of that first miraculous catch of fish back in Luke chapter 5. In fact, I think that may have been even a reminder to, to Peter that what Jesus told him way back then was from now on you will be a fisher of men. He says, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. That was when Jesus first called Peter. And he, he, in Luke, he tells us, even at that moment, he says, from now on, you will be catching men. And here at the end of this gospel, we find Peter and the disciples, and Peter says, I'm going fishing. And he goes, and now when he meets, when Jesus comes and makes this appearance to them again, I think it reminded Peter, what was he supposed to be doing? supposed to be fishing for men. And here he had gone back to his fishing. That was the third time that Jesus had manifested himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And verse 15 picks up. Oh, but Jesus not only appeared to them there, he appeared to them and he built a charcoal fire. And he put fish on it and bread on it. And he was, he was serving them breakfast. And it says, and he, he broke the bread and served them around this charcoal fire. Think of the last time that Peter gathered with others around a charcoal fire. It was at that time when he denied Jesus three times. Peter had been warming himself around a charcoal fire with these other folks. And they said, you, you, you're a Galilean. You, you were with him, weren't you? He said, no, I never knew him. No, I, we, we, we saw you with him. No, I never knew him. No, you were with him. He says, no, I never knew him. And that third time was passionate and full of cursing when he denied Jesus and then the rooster crowed three, just as Jesus said he would. And here's Peter now again sitting around a charcoal fire. Jesus took the bread and gave it to them. I think that may have reminded Peter even of that time in the upper room when Jesus said, let me wash your feet. And Peter said, no, not my feet. 
And he said, no, if you don't let me wash your feet, you, you, you won't be. He said, then wash all of me. You know, Peter's always the one thinking somehow, perhaps, that he's just a little bolder, maybe a little better than the others. Verse 15 of chapter 21. So when they had finished breakfast... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. With all of the things that had gone on already that reminded Peter of, his, of these past times with Jesus, Throughout this whole, this whole scene, I, I can't help but think that Peter becomes very aware here of that three-time denial, of that three-time failure when he denied Christ there to the people gathered around that first charcoal fire. Many make a, a, a point here of the, the different terms for love that are used here because the first time that Jesus asks the question and he says, do you love me more than these? He uses the Greek word agape, that, that love that we know of as that Christian love. And the second time he uses, and then the third time he uses the word phileo. And, and, and Peter all, oft, all three times responds with that word phileo. Some of the English translations even will translate those differently and say, when Jesus asks him, he says, Peter, do you love me? And then the response from Peter would be, well, yes, I am fond of you. And they, they make a big emphasis on that. There's a real debate going on now, though, about whether that's true or not, because John seems to use those terms interchangeably throughout the gospel. Uh, the, the, the term agape was used as a general term for love by the time this gospel was written. So, yes, I think there's probably some importance that needs to be put on that, but I don't think that's the primary thing that upset Peter. I don't think that Peter was, was grieved because Jesus changed the, the word for love. Uh, I think the reason that Peter was grieved was because, as he says, Jesus, you know all things. And he came to mind again his denial of Christ that three times before the crucifixion. Jesus is here reinstating Peter and giving him a task. He says, the first time he asked it, he says, Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He's not asking if he loves him more than the, the, the fish or the boats. He's asking him, do you love me more than these other disciples love me? See, Peter thought he was always the one that 
that was better than the others. He thought he was probably the one who was the, the model of love, the model of following Jesus. Peter was the one who said, Jesus, I will follow you into prison. I will follow you to death. I will never deny you. And Jesus told him, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And in those moments, Peter does. And here, the first time he asked me, Peter, do you love me more than the, these other disciples love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs, feed my lambs, take care of my lambs. He said to him again a second time, have you ever asked your, kid, your kids, I mean, I, I, mean I, I know sometimes when I'm trying to get a point across to my children, I'll ask them a question and the first time they say, oh sure. I want to make sure they really get it, so what do we do? We ask them the question again, right? Oh, no, I really, really dad, I, I, I do. Okay, okay, now son, I'm going to ask you one more time, do you really get it? Yeah, Dad, I do. I, I think that's what's going on here. More than the, the tense of the, of the words, I think the importance of what Jesus is trying to get across to Peter is why he's coming at him three times. He wants him to remember his own frailties. He wants Peter to remember that threefold denial. And Jesus wants to make sure that he's saying, look, I've got something for you to do. Tend my lambs. Now, Peter, do you get it? Do, do, do you really love me? Yeah, of course I do, Lord. Tend my sheep. That second time he says that, by the way, is really the word that he uses for shepherds, shepherd my sheep, tend my sheep, shepherd my sheep, that, that provide for, protect, guide my sheep. Then the third time he asks him again. And it grieves Peter that he asked him that third time. That's the moment it gets through to him. That's the moment of that realization that Jesus remembers that denial. Oh Lord, you know all things but you do know that I love you. And he tells him, feed my sheep. You know, Jesus has something for each of us to do. He, he calls us first to salvation and at the same time to service. We, we talked about that some in Sunday school last week. And sometimes we feel like, you know, all of those failures in the past, all those times that I, I didn't respond, all those, all those things that I've done that, I, how can he use me? He knows all of that. And yet he continues to call us to serve him. He, he continues to, 
to ask us to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission. Knowing our past denials, knowing our past failures, and yet he continues to call us. Verse 18, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished, but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. This image here, now a couple of things just to, to, to remember here, when he wrote this, uh, Peter had already been crucified by Nero. Peter had already been martyred. And John's writing this with that knowledge and being able to look back on this conversation that he was witness to and to be able to put it into the terms so that we would understand what Peter understood at that moment. See, this is Jesus telling Peter, look, Peter, you are going to be crucified. Your arms are going to be stretched out. They're going to put a leash on you and lead you where you do not want to go because that's the Roman crucifixion. They would take that crossbar of the cross and they would make the, 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 the person who was being crucified carry it with their arms stretched out and they would tie a leash around them and lead them to the point of crucifixion. And Jesus was here well in advance telling Peter that this would be happening, but that it would be the kind of death where Peter would glorify God. See, he's not just telling him a, a, a story to scare him. He's telling him, Peter, you're going to do it. Peter, you're going to do as you said. Peter, you are going to glorify God from this point forward to the end of your life. See, it's, it's a motivating thing, not a, not a fearful thing. Verse 20, Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had also leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, and what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. That's the second time in this scene here that, that Jesus has, has told Peter again, just follow me. Follow Jesus where? Peter had already seen Jesus go to the cross. He knew what following him was going to mean for him and his death, but that he would be glorifying God. But Jesus calls him again to follow me. Peter had heard that before. He'd heard that that first time when he met Jesus and Jesus called him from fishing and said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He heard him when he said, you must pick up your cross daily and follow me. He hears him again here in this scene twice saying, just follow me. And Peter turns and he looks at the, the, the other disciple. That would be John, the writer of this gospel, 
And he says, okay, but, but what about him? How often do we do that? How often when Jesus calls us to a task, do we turn around and look around and say, well, what about him? You know, maybe it should be him that does it. No, maybe it should be her. He's better equipped than I am. She would love to do it. And Jesus says, follow me. He says, do as I call you to do. Our relationship with Christ is a personal relationship. It's a one-on-one -on -one relationship, each one a little bit different than everybody else's relationship with Jesus. But each one of us is called individually to salvation. Each one of us is called individually to service. And this Jesus, who as Peter says, you know all things, he doesn't misplace us. He calls us and equips us to serve him. If I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Therefore this saying went out among the brethren that that disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come. What is that to you? This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that would be written. The Gospels do not tell the whole story, but they tell enough of the story. The Bible tells us what we need to know in order to have that relationship with Jesus. You know, this scene alone tells us Jesus wants to have a love relationship with us. He's asking you, do you love me? He wants us to be his friend. Yeah, you know, I, 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 as I was thinking through this idea of, you know, Jesus, when he says, do do you love me? Do you agape love me? And, and Peter says, oh, you know I want to be your friend. I, I'm fond of you, that phileo love. I thought, you know what? That's not a bad thing. To be called a friend of God. And I started looking. Abraham was called a friend of God. Moses was called a friend of God. That's not bad company to be with. The Bible tells us that if we love one another, that's how we show that we are friends of God. We show Him we are His friend, that we love Him by doing what He commands. What are His commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I started thinking, how do we become His friends? How do we respond to his love? We have to, as I believe Peter did here, first admit that we have offended him greatly by our sin. I think when Peter was grieved there, that was his admission that he had offended Jesus greatly by his denial of him. 
You want to be a, a friend of God? You want to show him your love? First admit that you have offended him greatly by your sin. If you wanted to be friends with someone and you knew you had offended them, what would you do first? You would go up to them and you would say, I'm sorry. I have offended you and I want to be your friend. That's repentance. That's turning away from our sin and toward God. Our past behavior, our attitudes, our words offend God. Our sin is an offense to God. And yet he loves us. We're to be in reconciled to him. And that first step is admitting that we have offended him. And we must ask his forgiveness. He promises that if we confess our sins before him and ask our forgiveness, that he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That was the completed work of Jesus on the cross. And then to show our love for him, we respond in obedience to his commands and his commission. Here, Jesus was commissioning Peter to feed his sheep, to shepherd the flock. I think Peter got it in, in, in 1 Peter. He, he's talking to the elders of the church and he says, shepherd the flock of God. He picks up the, the, the same language that Jesus had called him with. To show our love for God, we must respond in obedience to his commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. We must also help fulfill the commission that he's given us. Just as he gave Peter a commission, he gives you a commission. We know that as the Great Commission. That as you go, make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that He commands us. That's your commission. That's how we feed the flock. That's how we shepherd the flock. That's how we tend the flock. That's how we increase the flock. That's how we show our love for Jesus. And He promises that He is with us always. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are a loving God. Thank you, Jesus, that you know all things. You know our past. You know our hearts. You know our thoughts, and yet you love us, and you call us to your work. You call us first, Lord, to salvation, and then you call us to service. Lord God, if you're calling someone here today to make a commitment for the first time in salvation, Lord, I pray that they respond. If you are calling someone here today to serve in a specific way, Lord, I pray that they will respond. Lord, if you are calling someone today to recommit themselves to you, I pray, Lord, that they will respond in Christ's name. 
Amen. As we stand to sing this hymn of invitation, if God is calling upon you to respond to him in some way, you come up and let's pray together.